live from the apocalypse. We want Brittany Griner back. This is state of the game. We are here. I am Dano, and I, to be honest with you, I am the kind of guy who gets mad at my wife sometimes for shit she did in my dreams. I'm working on it. I'm work, I know this isn't rational, but I'm working on it. Um, my co-host uh, is it's, earlier this earlier today. He told Brooklyn we're out. He's he's running KD's camp. This is Diggy. Uh, moving on. You excited, Kay? I, yeah, I mean, Lakers just signed Lonnie Walker, uh, so oh, okay. things are looking up. Things are looking up for long. We got Lonnie Walker. You're going all the way. Uh, so our guest, to put it simply, to put it concise, knows the ocean as well as he knows his lungs. Yeah. We're talking about the one and the only elusive joining us. Yeah. I appreciate you so much for being here. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you, man. It's good to be out here talking about this new record and things and whatever else comes about. There's so much to talk to you about. I kind of spun out in my research because there's so much to talk to you about. I, I was listening to the, you know, all these these different catalogs because it struck me that Armand Hammer has successfully made completely different album after completely different album for so long. Mm. The fans have like their favorite worlds. Yeah. I know people, you can't tell them shit. It's paraffin or nothing, you know? <laughs> Shrines lately has been getting a lot of uh, a lot of love. Shrines. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that is, it, it's so interesting to have that because my world is Rome. Mm-hmm. Like I told, I told Messiah in, in a, dm i was like there was something about the way you your music and august fanon's music fits together mm-hmm. that's just there's just nothing like it it like, shouldn't even be that good to get it works um chemistry without even knowing it so rome kind of set that up where like we don't need who you think of as big name producers if we can go from fanon to messiah that's a true facts really really true facts like such like i will you know i was gonna say underrated but that's not accurate like these guys are not underrated these guys are super talented and they've worked with so many like really dope artists and it's just like you know whatever whatever the trajectory will be for them like it's completely like well deserved like they've put in so much work two of the most talented cats out here producing for sure yeah and incredibly ethical in what they do because both of those cats have really chosen to spotlight people with interesting voices right uh stick mm-hmm. figure and you know blood money perez just all kinds of cool people so i'm i love I'm happy that. they chose to rock with us oh, yeah. Yeah. and uh so that's and and we got to talk about that as well but it's I told Bessie has been fascinating to watch mm. uh, the conversation around this album. I don't know if you've noticed if this, because you said you do 
check out the reviews and monitor some of the things. Sometimes, yeah. I, sometimes I'll go in and, and read some things, yeah. Most of the time when an artist drops, an important artist drops an album, there's like first listen reviews the next day. Uh, when either you or Woods or Armand Hammer drops an album, there's crickets for like a week or two. Good. Absorb it. Yeah, good, good. Nobody wants to stick their neck out there <laughs> and say some weird stuff that gets corrected. Right. Uh, so people are drinking it in. Uh, and I remember that. So I think, have you noticed that, Kay? That there's a little, people get their books right? Yeah, I mean, because no one, no one wants to say anything like, because people know that if you say something that's not, doesn't come correct, you're going to get called out and checked for Yeah. I, so, yeah, uh, yeah. so people want to make sure that they have their ducks in order, like they that they've thought about their opinion about something uh, regarding, you know, Arm and Hammer or an album, and then they'll they'll speak. <laughs> I dig that. I dig that. Yeah, I haven't you know. noticed that though. I haven't. Now I'm gonna. Now now I'm gonna probably gonna start to pay attention. You got to clock the turnaround time and be like, no. oh, look at this. <laughs> uh, and I told Bessie, I mean, you know, there was a lot of pe- some people were immediately like, this is genius. Some people were like, ah, this isn't what I thought. Who said bash? Like it was it was like disorienting was the mm-hmm. kind of reaction that I think I had. Mm-hmm. And for I mean, man, it's it's just an album that the more you dig into, the more interesting it is. Um, I really enjoyed it. Well, I appreciate that, man. It was one of those things where it's like, I feel like it was uh, me maybe even scaling back um, in the type of production choices that I use because I don't know. And I go all over the map, really. I like so many different things and I've, I've done a lot you know, in terms of like what I've done on different types of sounds and like these sound worlds I've created and yeah, I was just like, why should I feel like I have to try to make a statement? Why? Why can't I just go with what immediately feels good and pleasurable? And that's all I did as far as like choosing beats. You know what I mean? It wasn't much of a thought process like at all. I just had these kind of like producers like, you know, just, you know, within a text message or a DM or a phone call away, hit me with a pack pick my favorite and just like keep it moving you know what i mean yeah I'm, I'm i'm interested to hear how this like the process of this album how this album came to be because mm-hmm. um like i i read the i read the description and uh bessie was your father's mother correct yes, your, your grandmother mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she passed away in 2017 mm-hmm. and so i noticed that like you had the don't play it straight which came out in 2020 run right mm-hmm. and like this sound like i told bessie sounds so different from you know uh don't play it straight and i was just mm-hmm. wondering like how did it what like sparked this album for you uh well shout out to the lasso who produced uh don't play it straight small bills don't play it straight from top to bottom along with malachi Mavson, who's also like doing a lot of cool instrumentation on that record. And Kayano, who had all the beautiful vocals on there. Um, but the lasso, like just, uh, he's just like one of those people who can just like sit in the studio 
and just crafting an entire record, vocals, guitar, bass, drums, like everything. He can he can get it all. If he can't play it, like he can call someone who come in in 20 minutes and play it. So just like building that, it's his world, you know, basically, like I had a lot of input as far as like, well, what if we did it like this? And what if we brought in this, this tenor saxophone here? And what if we did this flip here? He definitely like incorporated my sensibilities, um, but it's a lasso produced record. Um, and with Bessie, it's more like, it's my, com- you know, I didn't make a single beat on this record, but also just like, I have an ear for things. I have an ear for like, what makes me tick, what I think is cool. And um, yeah, like I said, I had just like a crazy like arsenal of people that I could just like call on. And that was just like giving me things. And um, yeah, it kind of started maybe 2019, I think, just the idea of, of, you know, 2017, 2018, everything kind of started rolling with Arm & Hammer, um, with my solo kind of a things, but Arm & Hammer particularly, we got really busy. When Haram, when Haram happened, even a little before Haram, Shrines, Shrine, yep. Haram, everything started rolling. Um, and Woods was like, yo, you should put out a solo album. You know how long it's been since you put out Save Yourself? And I was like, four years, five years. It's like, damn, like, yeah, it is kind of time. Like, I've done a lot of living in between the records, you know what I'm saying? Um, he just put the idea out, and I didn't do anything with the idea for a year. And then I think uh, sometime in 2020, just kind of like started, scrapped the album, started again, new inspiration with like my grandmother and like our time together as like the nucleus and also just like drawing into myself, like what would a 17 year old me love to listen to? Mm. I'm 40, you know what I mean? Like what would that feel like? And that's the kind of record that I, I really wanted to make. That's the record I really wanted to make. So I, I feel like I hit a couple of those marks on this record, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, at, at first, and I said this on my on the mid-year show uh, with Cam from Crate 808, that, like, I told Bessie feels like your Gil Scott Heron album. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's fire. Because there's all these, like, you know, from, you know, you listen to the Brian Jackson stuff, or you listen to any of the, really any era Gil Scott Heron, there's these beautiful sounds, but they're pain sounds. Yeah. Right? They're yeah. like, the horns are like dying, you yeah. know? And, and like, the, there's, there's definitely a run of that, like, in, in I Told Bessie, uh, where, the, where it just seems like it's those sad, dying sounds. But then, I saw, like, uh, on Twitter, um, on Twitter, your partner, it, Mr. Woods, had said, yeah, yeah. like, that this is your supreme clientele. And uh-huh. my lines backs that up, right? That's, like, you in that, like, this is just, I'm taking over. Bag. Yeah, I, th- I think I was kind of in that, in, that, in that chamber, like, lyrically. Um, but yeah, I also hear what you're saying with the production. And I think that's just probably just maybe like, uh, my ear for this particular record and these guys that I'm working with. Yeah, it is a little bit of a mournful kind of a feel in, uh, some of those tracks. Um, I definitely like approach this record less as a rapper and more as a, a vocalist, 
maybe Ooh. not even a strong vocalist. Mm-hmm. But like I said, like I scrapped the record, right? I, I started the idea. I was like, I want to like use my voice in different ways other than rap. I'm a rap, but I definitely want to do other things. And a lot of what that was the tone out. of the record that you scrapped? Split tongue. Split tongue and spelling were the two songs that really kind of got it in motion. But split tongue was like one of the really, really early ones. And I was like, well, this is kind of like this is where if I could explore this for a whole record, that'd be cool. But it just maybe not be that right time right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that vibe for sure. And then I was just like, let me just rap, man. Let me just rap, 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 get these records out. And then, yeah, once the thing started rolling, it was just like, it was very clear to see like what kind of direction it needed to continue going in and then what needed to add on, you know, with Seb Bash and Child Actor, like those two just hitting me with like crazy 50 packs of beats. Like I just had unlimited firepower, it felt like. What, what was like the aha moment where like something like, you know, click like, okay, this is the direction that I want to go in. Spelling. Without a doubt, oh, spelling. Yeah. Without a doubt. You know, that was one of the ones that was just like, the song had the chorus, the chant in there. And I was just like, that's, that's where we had with it. That, that's, this is exactly where we're at with it. And it just felt really, really good coming out the gates. Like I said, like spelling and split some of the first two songs, like, well, I was just like, this is going to be on the album. The spelling really was an aha. Yeah, no, mm. you're you're my favorite chanter in rap. <laughs> uh, like, I think I think that Kendrick had it for a minute. I really yeah. loved Kendrick's chanting, uh, yeah. but you've taken it over because your chanting is always evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, on on spelling, you sound like like a ghost took over the school intercom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love that. I hope it's an elementary school too. it's amazing. And like I you're the songs where you really chant are the songs that like that I get the most hype for, jealous God, you know, all that stuff. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What and what how did you develop? Because how did you where did that chanting I guess, would it be a flow? Where did that chanting flow kind of come from or develop from? Um, I think just like, um, I just wanted to write better raps, really. And I think like when you're trying to write better raps, I think sometimes, well, I got to a point where it was just like, I don't know, I started reading like, like poets from the 60s and stuff, right? Like, so there's this guy, there was this guy, his name was Amiri Baraka. And he was like, yo, to be like a really good poet, like you gotta understand this idea of like the economy of language and how you should be able to say something really big in real small ways. Like it's not about like, like the most expansive vocabulary to explain a really complicated idea. It's the total opposite. And you should be able to say something really huge in as minimal word as possible. And something about that always stayed with me. And I was like young. I was young when I read this. I was like a teenager, maybe early 20s when I read this. But like that always stayed with me. So it was just like incorporating into rap, like where I'm at right now. I just feel like I don't know. I'm still on that path. I'm still trying to say big things in the smallest, most casual kind of ways and like the delivery. And uh, I think with the chanting, like a that's exactly what it a chorus or a hook or a chant. A repeated phrase 
if it bears repeating, I don't know, man, there's got to be something into it, right? Like, but it should be, it should be simple. It should be simple, I think, at its core, you know? Something that, go ahead, man. Oh, no, I'm I'm sorry for cutting you off. I was going to say, do you have like a favorite line or like a favorite chant where you're like, damn, like, I really caught the essence of it in that, in that one line? It could be over anything, like any song that you've done. Is there one that sticks out to you? No, nah, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. It's always a, a, a kind of a thing. It's just like, it just works for that particular song. Mm-hmm. And sometimes just a particular moment. Like I remember, like just say for spelling, for example, I just remember like when I, when I said it in between the verses, I knew immediately like that's the one. That's the one. Can you y'all hold on for one second? Yeah. Oh, so. Oh, wait, this, hold on. Oh. Here. So, ah. we're, uh, we're talking about it. We're talking, about, and I have, I have so many elusive theories, but I get, to, I, I'll kick a few here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, Armand Hammer, you were very, you've been very nice on social media. The early part of the come up, I feel like you spent a lot of time calming people down, being like, hey, it's okay that you don't understand it all. It's okay. And like you were a soothing voice, you know? Uh, and I think you're the one that people don't get the most. Yeah. Right? Because I think Woods, the Woods fans are like lost fans, right? Like they're going to play the tape over and over again. They're going to do the research. They're going to learn about colonialism until they get what that song's about. Uh, But you are a little more like mystical in the sense of your lyrics are are about the world as we see them, but they are, uh, they're nonlinear and they're spiritual in some way. They're always spiritual. It's always about me too. So it's like, you don't know me. You don't know my references. You don't know like, like what I've studied or who taught me this or who told me this or who I've been around and like conversate. You know what I mean? Like, right. I guess people haven't been pretty. I guess me and Woods are, are similar in ways that like, in the way he doesn't show his face. Right, I'm right, not right. as 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 clear and direct in in the music as uh, he may be. You know, his, his references are like pretty solid and concrete and very much googleable you know he's name dropping right. all sorts of places and people and i think mine is um if i if i'm not going to say the direct reference i'll tell you what they told me you know what i mean it's just uh I'm not trying to yeah. be a uh, dodgy no <laughs> no and, and, the... and sometimes and there are references right but like sure. the um like what what i wanted to talk to you about was it is to Kay's point about you about chanting right and about adopting that i feel like it's it's an accentuation of your strength which is vivid imagery if that makes sense sure sure, vivid sure. You, you should be able to see it taste it touch it in a mantra you're repeating it forever right like you should yep. it should be like draw a very clear image in your in your mind as you're saying whatever it is that you're saying over and over and Kay, think about Guy R. Brewer, right? <laughs> Doubleman and leather. I was choking on a church mint. Starlight, starlight. 
Mm-hmm. Guy R. Mm-hmm. Brewer is like a New York politician from the 70s. Mm-hmm. Was the first black senator or something like that from mm-hmm. New York? Yeah, it's uh, just, you know, in the neighborhood I grew up in, um, in South Jamaica, Queens, it's a major kind of street, you know, a major point of getting to many different places in that part of Queens. The church where that story takes place is on Guy R. Brewer. I was choking to death on a fucking grandma church mint. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember anyone giving me the Heimlich. I do remember being in a prayer circle. I do remember what I said. You know what I mean? Like, right. You know, I, I remember that, but that's all, that's all I remember from that moment. You know what I mean? And that song was just, that was it, you know, just. What was so distinct about that memory that it, it like it stuck, stuck, stood, stood with you? Because no one tried to save me. <laughs> right. There was no, there was no like, let me hit you over the back. It was just like immediately like exit the building and start praying on the street. It's fucking weird. It's really yeah. fucking weird. And I, I don't know if, you know if I've processed the whole thing, but that's really strange to me. So, you but, know, strange things become lyrics oftentimes, you know? And mm. that's, and that to know like that Doubleman and Leather. Yeah. Like right off the bat, you're like, you're there. Whoa, Senses, Doubleman you know? and Leather. Like, I got to know more. This so, is just the senses. What I remember like when my mom's like, that's what her pocketbook smelled like. You know what I mean? Just like mm. dope gum and leather, you know? Um, the the internet translations are really funny for that first line. I feel oh, like that's I saw <laughs> something like two, lo- two lovers and one of them was a woman. I was like, I don't Ooh. know what y'all heard, but. Well, because this is being called your horny album that you love this is like a real <laughs> horny album. So I've, been getting, I've been getting that a lot. Turning that up. Yeah. I've been getting that a lot for the past few years, which is funny to me. Yep. Now, people like, there was a whole time where, like, if you were speaking eloquently about any issues, then you couldn't, you couldn't be yeah. fucking yeah. people or talking and about fucking that, And that's like, bullshit. It was always bullshit to me, right? Like, I grew yeah. up. I grew up in that particular era. I'm talking like late 90s, early 2000s, mid 2000s. And it was just like, yo, why don't we think that these people, you know what I mean? These rappers, this is limited to rappers, right? Right. People who have like a crazy magnetic draw on people, right? Like they just get on stage and make whole thousands of people say what they want to say. Do Put your hands in the sky. Say, fuck you. Let me see your middle finger. You don't think... You don't think that these people, I mean, we're just we're just limited to like men, but like whatever. They're having sure. sex with people, they're having sex with lots of people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it doesn't like lessen their skill, it doesn't make them less whatever kind of like pedestal we put rappers up on or anyone publicly speaking or whatever. Yep. Just because they're talking about sex. It was always like really strange to me. I think uh, I was talking about I was talking to Woods about this, and it was just like I kind of fell victim to that like way back in the day. I mean, yeah, I was having a little bit of sex. I'll have a little bit of sex, but I was like, it almost felt weird to be like rapping about sex. It felt like something yeah, yeah. Not, I shouldn't be doing. And then I started like being in like actual relationships with women. And like, I think my perspective on like sex and relationships started changing. And then it just became a question. And I still wasn't rapping about sex. And maybe I'm, I'm, I'm talking about an era of like, for me, like smash and grab type around this era was like, yo, I'm like, 
I love this woman. You know, right. now that era, I was like in love and shit. Um, but I wasn't making love songs. I wasn't like writing sex raps. But it was like, I'm having sex every day. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Right. I'm, this this right. is my life now, right? It's part so of your life, it, right. It's just, it, it became a question. It was like, why, why aren't I writing about this thing that I'm doing so much? It, right. now, I like I it. Feel, I like it a lot. It feels like, like I'm like betraying myself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't want to be gross about it. Like, that's also the trick in rap. Like, because Nas is who he is. Okay. He's the that's worst that's sex that's raps that. ever. You know what I'm saying? He writes like somebody who's never had sex. Yep. So. Yep. Yep. It's true. It's fair. Right. So yep. it's just like, you know, I don't want to be gross about it, but also it's just like, it's just an honest like depiction of like what I got going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of people have going on. So I want to unclog the communication gaps in hip hop where like, you know what? If you're a gangster rapper who wants to talk about the oil crisis, do it, man. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, right, you might have some thoughts. Yeah, they might have some thoughts. Get them off. I would say you you have been so good at capturing vivid imagery over the years. Do you have any recommendations for anybody who is oh, coming up and trying to, as you did, pare it down and really hit their best mark of for how to get there and how to how to capture those details man i'm not one for advice i'm really not but it's like i don't know man it's important to like it's really important to listen it's really important to like really not say anything for you know what i mean just like put yourself on timeout and don't don't say shit just like observe just listen man just go for a walk you know what I mean? I'm not going to tell you don't be on the internet or whatever. It's just like, yo, just just shut up for a little while. You know <laughs> what I mean? That's all. I think that's really important. I think for anyone that's out here trying to do anything like creative, because we, it's important. Like, you don't want to be out here like parroting what you've already seen. You know, we're on the internet all day. Like, your mind sees everything that you're scrolling past. Even if you, you're not actually like consciously processing it, your brain is already like seen it. It's locked in. And you might go back and like start doing your shit and thinking like, yo, I got something original. Like, no, like that's actually your brain recalling what you saw on Twitter three weeks ago. Mm. I don't know. It's right. one of those things. It's important to like be quiet so you can actually just like really just like who ask yourself these questions and hear yourself asking these questions. Go down that, go down that strange fucking hole. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. So, so I wanted to ask, so you said that this, so I told Bessie, you said was kind of, it was an album that you would want your younger self to be proud of. Oh yeah. So can you think of who, what were your inspirations at that time when you were, I'm, I'm not quite sure what age you were at the time, but when you were that age, what were your inspirations that kind of molded you or helped, helped mold your hand as a oh, rapper wow. and a writer? Oh, wow. Um... I've always like, I feel like that, like how I came up, like Yo MTV Raps, Rap City, mm -hmm. you know, like Source Magazine, all the rap magazines. I always had like, like an eye on just like what was happening outside of New York City. I'm from New York City. I see everything, but also just right. like I was paying attention to what's happening in the Bay. I was paying attention to what's happening in Houston. I was paying attention to what happened in Minneapolis. Like I saw a lot of things. So this, that list is pretty fucking crazy. 
But if I had to think of like when I'm 17, 18 years old, man, most deaf, Black Thought, and Pharaoh were probably like the top three. Like, and of course, like the list always kind of changes, but like I remember specific, especially like uh, most deaf, that one song, I mean, it's amazing albums, but one song that really just made me like, wow, I really want to be a rapper. Uh, it's called Universal Magnetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that shit right there just like really like knocked me down like as a teenager. And like, if I could ever like just, just tap into that well a couple times, like I'd be forever grateful. Like that shit is super special record. And Yassin Bey, another world-class chanter. Right? Yes, let me not even let me not even disrespect the homie Yassin Bey. He he yep. was known as most deaf when this record came. But yes, Yassin Bey. Shout out to yeah. Preservation, who was Yassin Bey's DJ, DJing for Woods last night at the Ethiopia's release party. I, yeah. Fire! I can't tell you how much I love Preservation and what Preservation's done. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan. Um, and so yeah, that's that's been incredible. Okay, talk to me about, on this show, we always love to talk about runs on an album. Yeah. Like, yeah. great runs. Uh, do you have any runs on this thing, Kay? Where do you... Where I mean, you? I think for me, when it really really struck, like when Impasse, Impasse came on. Mm-hmm. Am I pronouncing it right? Is it Impasse? Yeah, impasse. Uh-huh. impasse. Mm-hmm. That, that was... Uh, it was like uh, it was like one of those moments in the album where like you perk up like whoa 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 wait is oh you you like, you've, been I, doing, you've been doing some dirt you've been doing some yeah dirt. <laughs> like, I listened to that when that came on like I listened to that like six times in a row the first time I heard it yep and then and then I think you know starting from there like I think that from there to the end like the second half is just really strong and it just mm-hmm. from that point on it just flows for me. yeah no the the second half is is unbelievable uh when you look at jumanji and betamax just just all those tracks uh that to me that's the second run to me this album completely galvanizes and shifts gears to another gear Mm -hmm. on sardonyx yeah that so four and like there's just a weird like wine of the sound that's the basis of that mm-hmm. that feels insane to me um, and it's it caught my ear like dog ears since the first time I listened to it and it's it's the perfect mixture of voices mm-hmm. Sifu leading off and to go from Sardonyx to Ghouli to Smile Lines to Nostrand and then I mean it's that's to me that's the run you, it's four through like nine I'm glad that was received. That was definitely like plotted out in the sequence. There was another song that was produced by this group, which we we ended up not using. But like when we had it, we were like, all right, so this section of the album is when all the intensity sort of gets ramped up. And it was supposed to be like real thrashy. So Smile Line had to be there. Google had to be there for the weird kind of nightmare thing and we had to cap yep. it off no string and then we slide into some more smoother shit but yeah like from four through seven was supposed to be like well four through yeah four through seven was supposed to be hitting those hitting those marks there yeah that's sinister <laughs> shit and like yeah. this is something that like 
I remember, like gang in Alaska are doing this Black Sabbath podcast. Yeah. And, and like gang partway through is like, I guess I just like the weird, slow, creepy shit. I'm like, yeah, of course you do. Sure. Um, <laughs> and, that's, sure. and that's, it seems like you have shared sensibilities there where you're drawn. Completely. Interesting sound. Like completely, that. completely. I love, even if like even just leaving like the genre of rap, like I love like sludgy, slow, kind of like rock, post rock shit. Like, Today I was listening to Sun O. Like I love that shit. You know what I mean? Like I might be the only person in Bed Stuy with Sun O blasting out the fucking Jeep. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hella loud. Just you know, I yeah. love that shit. I love that. <clears throat> it, it, and it was, yeah. I mean, I just I think there's a lot. There's a lot of great shit here to get into. But go. You asked a, a question. That he lucid couldn't answer that I want to answer about like favorite lines. Can I give you my favorite line on this whole album? Mm-hmm. I think it's like, like if I was going to help people study Elucid, I would leave with old magic, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Feeling thick with mood, my fist refused to have its palm read. <laughs> Shout out Ooh. to Richie. Richie, uh, Nate, Nate from uh, Injury Reserve pointed out that same line when I played it for them on the tour bus. My fist refused to have his palm read. There's yeah. so much happening there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. wow. Because as I said, Kay, like, there's always a spiritual element in whatever Elus is talking about, right? In this case, like, the fist doesn't want to know its future. It doesn't want to be in control of or coddled or yeah. coddled. I was thinking even coddled. You know what I mean? I was kind of like thinking about like I don't know. We're just kind of like culturally like in maybe in the seventies again. Everyone's like, "What's your sign? What's your house on the moon? What's your right?" You know I mean, it seems like very like much like a. And I'm not like knocking. Um, palm reading and psychics and mediums or any of that shit. I'm not knocking it. But like it's also not a hold on one second. I'm sorry. So uh let's go. I'm not, I'm not trying to knock any sort of like spiritual system or anything, but it's also like I feel like um it's generally used to make people feel good despite like systematic like systemic fuck-ups that like it takes more than like an affirmation it's gonna take more than fucking like knowing your star chart or whatever like you think you know yourself or whatever it takes more it takes more to pull ourselves out of up out of our situations and like as that's referring to old magic like for me like it's a pretty violent history of like being black in america and just like mm. wanting protection from that i wanted sh- i want shelter from that shit and a double portion of protection for me and my nigga. it's just like what i want for me and my people like that's you know all the people around me like my my friends my fam like this we deserve this like we can build this we can have this and yeah i think that line was just kind of like specifically pointing at all the astrologers and want to be spiritualist what's what is your writing process like like 
There is none, to be honest. It's not. <laughs> awesome. it's, I mean, Are you like one? Do you like? Do you designate time in the morning? Like I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna write for two hours. Or are you yo, like someone who just lives life yo, and lines come to them. I really, I really used to be that guy. I really did. And if I could ever like get back to that sort of discipline, it'd be tight. But I had that discipline. You mentioned Rome earlier. Yes. Rome and paraffin were recorded at the same time. I was expecting my first child. I'd wake up like five or six in the morning because that was the only time in the day that I would have to myself before like I'm going to work, before mm-hmm. I start to take care of my girl, before I'm cooking food, before I'm like doing all this just life shit. You know what I mean? But right. no other time in the day. So I was like, damn, I really want to do this. So I just got up early and I did it. But I haven't done it. I haven't done that since, since my son was born. So now it's more like, um, I mean, now, I mean, shit is a little different in this, in this current space. You know what I mean? Now I have like time to do so, but mostly it's like pull up a beat. Maybe I'll make a loop and I'll just let something play for like a little while. And, you know, I like to just give myself 30 minutes, 30 minutes of just like sitting by myself usually. And just, uh, I don't know, man, digging through my brain, what, what'll come up. Usually a sound will spark something. Yeah. Nothing happens. I'm I'm done. Right. Like I'm not I'm not the guy sitting listening to the same loop for two hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And shit. Like I've stopped. I'm not really doing that. I'll I'll cut it off. You know what I mean? And then sure. I try I try and pick it up another time. You know, it always comes. But your brain, you know, I just need time to like soak soak in it. You know, and it just it'll just, you just I'll just hear it. I'll just hear it. But there's no real process. There's no like uh, there's no logic to like what I want to write about. I've tried that. I've tried like in my no- my phone note section, like I'm going to write a song about. I'm going to write a song about the environment. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, and I might have like a, a clever little thing to tie it into for something I've been seeing on the block for a week, whatever. And I might have like fully fleshed out ideas like I could write a song about this. It never actually turns out cool to me. Like I've I've tried it that way. It doesn't. If when it happens, it doesn't really, it doesn't really hit for me like that. Maybe I should do a record just like that. Mm. Just maybe I'm just being my own toughest critic. You know what I mean? I should let people hear it. But yeah, usually it's just kind of like ideas that kind of just like come to me, and I'll just follow that. And that's that's the song. That's, the song. that's awesome. That, that makes, is. That's, it's. And and the so I've been very lucky. Got to wear the Wrecking Crew hat because I feel like Wrecking Crew and the affiliates have Shout out helped. all the Wrecking Crew members. Man, yep. it's looking too small on your head, man. Maybe it's just how you're wearing it. Maybe it's how too. I I like that logo. But it's uh, I I didn't really understand your music until. Castro broke it, broke down, save yourself on call up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once I got into it, Zilla was like, wait till you hear sub bass die. You know? <laughs> yeah, uh, Zilla has been down for a while. Gee. Zilla has been down. All of those guys, Zilla, you know? Castro. Yeah. And so I was, I, I've been lucky to have people around to be able to see the reactions change and turn to you. And I, I remember like, Calling up Fat Boy Sharif and being like, "Did you see this insane Armand Hammond interview where they couldn't tell him apart?" Like, that's bananas. Um, yeah, that is that still does feel very strange. Like people don't hear clear cut differences in style and voice. 
between me and Woods, it's really strange. I, I'm very curious about what people be listening to. It's very mm. curious, man. I, 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 I'd like to ask, like, what do you think the distinctions between you and Woods are? Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, first, let's just go with delivery. Mm-hmm. Woods, Woods, Woods is someone who just, his delivery is like, like booming street preacher at all times booming booming just flat booming at all fucking times right like what what sets woods apart is just like like sure the you know i remember i remember people used to say like woods woods flows off beat woods is never he never flowed off beat to me he flowed against the beat he was finding different pockets but he's very steady in his pocket. Whereas me, I'm a, I'm a little more hyper with finding pockets. It's constantly like you're, it's rare that you might be able to like follow a particular rhyme scheme that I do. And this is not on purpose. It's just what keeps me interested as I'm like writing rhymes and that like, I don't want to like fall into a one, two, three, four, one. You know where I'm exactly going to fall onto a beat. So I think yeah. our deliveries is like Woods is more sure-footed and I might be doing my Barry Sanders thing, you know, <laughs> maybe even a little bit too much. Um, our voices are completely different. Woods, I'm not sure if his voice is deeper than mine, but I think his voice probably comes, I don't know, is rapping. I'm not sure. Maybe a little more nasal, maybe slightly. I don't know. I think we both have deep voices, but we I, it's hard for me to articulate why his is different from mine's mm-hmm. but the voices are different also lyrics you know just like lyrics themselves like woods references or like no one references anything like billy woods i don't know a rapper who references as wide ranging as crude <laughs> you know what i mean all this, there's this there's a certain sort of bon vivant intellectual well-traveled con man kind of a thing with woods that i love i love it so much. Style, you know what i mean i don't you know when when we when we get up together like you know we sharing conversations with all these things that he's rapping about but it's like i don't i just choose not to like delve into that when i'm rapping i i rap out what i rap about he raps about what he raps about but when we get together mm-hmm. it's all of these things um, but yeah, Woods references are just like standalone sports references, food references. Yeah, just... and we saw that at the show, Kay. Right when we went to the show, like, like when when Woods spits, he's yelling bumper sticker style kick ass stuff, yeah. right? And the crowd is yelling it with him. They might not even know the reference, right? Mm-hmm. They're yelling along with him because. Woods is so declarative. People know that line. When Elucid goes, everybody's kind of swaying, like hypnotized. Yeah, it's mm. it's the rhythm, and I think in the in terms that's of a fire the- observation. Obviously, I don't I don't see that or or register that from the stage. That's that's really cool. Thank you, man. And so, in terms of writing and the differences in writing, Woods is on this four times, right? So. The one that I think captures how different you are as writers in the same space is Nostra. Okay. 
So Woods, it, 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 in most trend, he says, that first lie is the one. Its daughters and sons run barefoot through the house. Pink gums, tiny sharp teeth. Every lie was young once, right? In like three, in three short sentences, creates a family of lies. Liars, yes. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, Incredible. totally. Totally. And then draws an immediate metaphor that makes you question the entire plan, right? Yeah. That's wood. And you say, this split tongue thrills women, kills demons, a fool's demeanor, but I keep my reasons in and out of reeds where the lions nap. <laughs> like, we're, like, we're from cunnilingus to a lion going through the jungle. Like, it is all over this. And, and so... Woods really made that song happen. Woods really made that song happen. Awesome. He really pushed for that one. I wasn't I wasn't too sure, but I trusted him with that one. I love this. I love it. And, and I think that's that's the biggest, that's to me the biggest example of, of how different you are and how good it is together. You being the kind of shamanistic connected to all senses person mm -hmm. and Eddie Lucid just just putting philosophers in nesting dolls and just unveiling them. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I kind of asked that question because I, I was very interested in the relationship, like how you guys, mm -hmm. how Arm & Hammer came to be. Like, what was it uh, about each other that kind of drew you guys together towards each other? Uh, well, I think, um, well, we met at a show, right? And then we, we connected. When was like, the show? Like, what year was the show? Fuck, you, man. You I might have did Sub-Base Diet. When did Sub-Base Diet come out? I don't know. Was that 20? 09? Was that 09? I was going to say 2010, but yeah, probably around 09, 010. Okay. This, was, this was when he was recording History Will Absolve Me. Because after the show, we linked up in the studio. And yeah, I had heard of Billy Woods. I had heard of Super Crown Flight Brothers, his like previous group project. I didn't get it. Didn't really pay attention to it. Didn't know what to expect when I got into the studio. Uh, got to the studio. Willie Green plays Pompeii. And uh, shit, man, I just wanted to like punch a hole in the wall. <laughs> I, like the level of intensity like coming out of the speakers was just like, <sighs> I was just like, yo, this actually, this sounds like the hardest, this sounds like the hardest fucking rap, like, you could put this up against anybody, like any of your favorite hard street rappers. Like I would yep. put that song up against that. And it's not about just wanton street violence. You know what I mean? It's about right. officers and like war criminals and, and just, just testify. It was just my job. I just had to do it. You know what I mean? Like this, this yeah. idea of just like, yo, you, you know, the capacities of like fucking human evil, you know what I mean? Just like, cause it was my job. I was so blown away. I had never heard anything like that in a rap song. And I was just like, I I feel like we kind of, we might be pulling from similar wells. And I was just like, of course. Yeah, I mean, he asked me to do things and we did a record for that, but for the album. But it was just like, yo, I feel like, I don't know, man. I feel like we was on similar paths. and we was pulling from similar wells and we did a, a complimentary sort of a thing once I heard my vocals next to his. And it was just like, it was like a no brainer. It was just like, let's just keep making music. Mm. Let's just keep doing it because there's something here and we both knew it. So we just kept making music, you know, here we are, you know, what, damn, 12 years later. Yeah. Incredible. No, I mean, and, and 
what I wanted to, to build off that question, Kay, like my favorite thing about art as a community is when skills cross pollinate, right? When people are learning from each other. And it's obvious that you two have learned from each other over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think from starting from like, you know, race music and all that? What do you, to now, what do you mm-hmm. think you learned from Woods? What do you think Woods learned from you? Oh, you got to ask him that question. Like, whatever he's learned from me. I wonder. I wonder. Um, oh, I think I, he's learned a lot from you. I think the way Woods does hooks has changed so much. Oh, I don't, I just don't want to, I just don't want to, uh, I don't want to say anything that might be shady. I know what I've done. I've seen the difference. I've seen <laughs> actually completely there's no doubt about it there's no doubt about it. but that's that's how it is when you start creating with someone that you trust and sure. that you respect like you should be admiring like i admire like what woods does like every record every project i truly admire like this man's genius um but i think like what i've kind of like learned from him it's like um he's really a patient writer he's really like he doesn't like kind of force things and I don't either, but he doesn't on another, on another level, but still able to like maintain a criticism. Like what's still old school and that he writes his rhymes like on paper, like he still has like notebooks and shit and he still edits himself. And I don't edit. Uh I was gonna say, you you don't write your rhymes. I do. Sometimes I switch on enough. I write whatever's around. I lose you know, the things I write it in my phone. Mm-hmm. I'll write it in a book, wherever. Um, but I think, I think patience, patience with like, um, with creating music. I think I used to be the type of person where it's just like, um, just moving too fast and like all oh, the ideas and it come fast enough so I can just scrap it. Like, I don't need it. But I think, you know, learning the value of an idea and be willing to like cultivate an idea and be willing to like, just put that in your pocket and pull it out three months later and be like, what about it now? Step on the other side and look at it. You know what I mean? Just like realizing the value of like ideas. You know what I'm saying? I think I kind of slowed down and watched him do that and just like applying it to myself uh, with my records. Like, I think it's definitely been of value to myself. That's incredible. No, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's uh, but by, by the way, there is there are a lot of people you downplayed it earlier. There are a lot of people who are diehard fans of your production. I love your production. Oh, I know thank that you. you get walked off of producing your own albums. Uh-huh. Uh, people, I keep hearing stories of people that he was going to. I said, No, use all these resources you have. Have you ever thought about? producing a full album for a Kai solo or something and just letting that part of you breathe. Oh, of course, of course, of course, of course. Uh, but there is, there is invasion, invasion body camera is coming with that boy Sharif. I don't know. That, that's happening. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just kind of, I've been busy. I've just been a rapper. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's kind of like where it's been. Like I still make beats and I still like do these weird kind of collages like I've always done with sound. Um it just, you know, 
they just haven't had a home. They just haven't had a place to come out. I still do it. Um, at some point, yeah, you'll hear it. You know, I love, I love, I love making music in all the ways. So yeah, it'll it'll happen at some point. But yeah, I think the next thing you probably will hear, like a full length or at least at least an EP length, will be like a Fat Boy Sharif record. Ooh. Yeah. So I wanted to ask. So you mentioned what your inspirations were when you were younger. Where do you get where do you get your inspiration from nowadays? Oh man, I have a kid. I have a wife. I have. I live on a real crazy block. I live in like a wild ass community. I live in New York City, but everything's kind of strange here. It's like <laughs> it's getting stranger. You know, I'm definitely pulling from like all my immediate surroundings, you know, those outside of music, outside of music. You know, I wish I still had the attention span to watch movies and I, I just don't. <laughs> I don't have that attention span anymore. I used to watch a lot of crazy fucking Japanese horror films and like weird little indie things. Um, but yeah, it's mostly it's pretty small these days, to be honest. It's a pretty small kind of window of just like uh like my everyday life you know and these people i'm around and these relationships um yeah i'm still mining i'm still mining every day you know with the family and the kid and shit is like learning i'll be fucking up <laughs> you know what i mean there are all the dimensions there are other dimensions within that you know and i'm just like i'm still growing i'm you know this whole like arm and hammer run right like as like y'all have seen, I guess our profile rise or whatever, like like I'm changing as a person, you know what I mean? And like oh yeah. Just I mean, my, my relationship, my my relationship with like, you know, it's just changing. So it's just like, yeah, man, that's that's a lot. That's actually a lot to talk about, you know, within myself. You used to be calmly walking people through your music on social media, and I've seen you check some people recently. Yeah. Look. Look, yeah, my name. You can't be into this shit. Like, yeah, it's it's it's, it's like I think I think um like the gentle like kind of like walkthrough because like I mean people were paying attention, but it was also like that was the sort of energy that I was getting, you know. And I think right. as like we've seen like the profile rise or whatever, um, people just talk to me like a regular internet troll. Like you know, there are trolls. There, and that's whatever. Like I can just respond how i can respond you know shout out to jpeg mafia master troller master, <laughs> <laughs> master responder to trollers you know what i mean it's awesome no it, it would to me like and i have this theory that like early on because i never read a bad arm on hammer review until haram like mm -hmm. ever when you guys were coming up it was like this is really smart these people are really smart we love them and then it got to the alchemist level. Yeah. And people were like, what is this shit? This isn't rap music. Mm -hmm. like, there were people who weren't used to listening <laughs> to, what, to the kind of music you were making. Yeah, it's just like, it's a whole wider net of people that are like receiving this, that, you know, they listen to whatever. I'm sure like, right. you know, working with someone like alchemist, um, like he's got his own fans. And people that have like whatever expectation of him and like what he produces. And then we come along, it's like, who the fuck? It's arm and hammer. Like these guys are rapping off beat. And but it's just a wider net of people, but also a wider net of people that really fuck with us. You know what I mean? Like there's, you know, we're 
should be no reason why we sell out a show in London. We put out an album a year and a half ago. Like that doesn't make sense. Like people are fucking with us, you know? So uh, it's, it's good. It's good. I don't really care about the negative kind of troll. No, they never outweigh what you've accomplished. Right. Like yeah, I, when I first, I told Kay this, and I've said this before, like when I first heard stone fruit, I cried and it wasn't because it's a sad song or whatever. It's, <laughs> It was because I was so proud of how much you'd achieved. Oh man, thank you, G. Thank so you. proud with like that song is such an amazing song. Uh, Yo, it's wild when people pull out the lighters. I was like, the lighter at the live show is too much for this song. I still, <laughs> right. I still fuck with y'all. I still fuck with y'all. You would be into it. I love it, man. It's I've never crazy. had a song. This is, I think it might have been the first songs of like being in front of people and like, yo, we're gonna sing those lyrics back to you. Yeah, wild feeling. That's that's, and I knew you had achieved that the first time I heard it. I was like, God, this is great. Um, and it was Haram was such an experiment, right? That's what I went around <laughs> saying was like, this thing is an experiment. These are different forces, like that are genius in their own way, creating a new space for all of them, which is a risk none of them had to take, you know. Yeah, shout out to Alchemist for like really believing in Woods, right? And be willing to commit to doing an Arm and Hammer record. Nope. He was on. I mean, everyone knows the story. Like he was on Woods first. Earl had put a Woods on him first, and then he heard my stuff, and he was like, "Oh well, sure." Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. No. I'm, I'm, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I'm sure it was a little bit more like, no, give yourself a little bit more credit than that. Yeah. Hey man, hey man, that's the story. That's the story. I mean, I I was I was a fan for sure. I was, you know, I was on a new record. You know, that's you can't. I'm gonna see. I, hopefully, I'll see Al next month when I'm in LA. Probably crash his crib. You know what I mean? Like, all good. <laughs> Jump on a Rock Marciano remix. Get it? Yeah. Oh man, I yo, I'd be so lucky to to hear that when I'm out there next month. Wow. The other, so the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is that, like I said, lots of theories, but one of them is, do you remember the Gangstar Foundation when we were younger? Yeah, yeah. Like, you guys have the Armand Hammer Foundation, like with, <laughs> with Castro and with Sifu oh. and with Akai. You, got, you have the more mother. You have yeah. just these people that are staples in the <laughs> records, you know, to the yeah, little dap. It, it feels it feels like something it feels like like a scene of like i don't know i woods woods is a little older than me uh but i feel like the you know there was like a real like once indie rap sort of like i'm not gonna say indie rap died but indie rap was really really popping in like the late 90s early 2000s yep then it just kind of like became like a bad word and no one wants to be associated with like underground rap or whatever mm -hmm. for a long ass time and I don't know, for whatever reason, I mean, I've always loved what I've done. I've never like really changed my style, but it was also like, I felt like I came with like a lost generation of like rappers. And uh, like I said, I've never really changed my style. And it was always like, yo, at some point, like people are gonna fuck with us. And I, that was never like a doubt. It was always like, when? And now that I guess it's, it's sort of happening, now it's like, well, now you just got to bring everybody who along who you like because this is how like what i don't like the word scene right. but this is how the shit gets started right like right. somebody gets light and then you put 
the light on somebody else and you put the light on somebody else. Yeah. Y'all all like-minded, you know what I mean? Right. I remember like way back in the day, someone had told me, he was like, yeah, you're, you're really, you're really, really good. You're like a one of a kind sort of a thing, but like no one really cares about a one of a kind talent. Cause like you're just by yourself. Like you're only like, you're bigger when you're with other people who are good. You know what I'm saying? Like you need a gang. And I was like, Oh shit. That's, I get that. I get that. You know what I mean? There's more to look at, which bigs me up and then bigs everybody else up. And then, you know, so that's, that's all that's happening right now. I'm just happy to work. When I first got the chance to work with more mother, like that was like, Ooh. Yeah. jazz codes coming out. Jazz oh, Castro Castro has been down for the longest. Castro's like an unofficial third member of Arm and Hammer. Right. Then we had Quelle Christian. There's so many, there's so nope. many, had so many voices out here, man. And, I, and you know, every, everyone got to get it. Everyone's getting at it. And the, yep. I kind of also wanted to ask a question about the development of the song. So not necessarily the writing process, but how does like a song come to be? Do you guys like pick a topic and then it's each and of you? Yeah, for Arm and mm -hmm. Hammer. Particularly for like Haram, like I think of a song like, I, I guess the Chicharrones. Mm -hmm. Like how does that, how does that, how does that song like Chicharrones, aside aside from the Sonics, come to be? Mm -hmm. I think um, it's a bad example because I'm not on that song because I heard that beat and I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> it was a great beat. But at the time I was making the Small Bills record and I was totally in this like, yo, where's the melody? Where's the fucking chord change? Like, you know what I mean? I was trying to do some, some musical shit and I heard Chicharrones and I was like, eh. But I think with that one, I think Woods probably set it off. You know, a typical Arm and Hammer, like kind yeah. of structure. One of us, it's rare that we even write together. One of us will have an idea and um, just demo it, mm. it together and play it, take it from there. It's rare that we'll come up with an idea together. Like we'll just might be like drunk somewhere talking <laughs> for a while and that's you know songs come out of that like right. so, you know what i mean drives just out of conversations it's rare that we sit down and it's like yo let's write a song about xyz like that's i don't think that's ever happened with this it's always just like a line that made us laugh or something that just be like yo that was really fucked up and then we just kind of take it from there but it's usually a recorded solo and then we link back together or mm -hmm. email it and add on you know it's usually mm. like that so is it like each of i was gonna say to your point uh yes. okay like there's there's these songs where like solarium is an example off shrines right where it's mm -hmm. just elusive uh and wood steps away and mm -hmm. i wonder how those decisions are made where it's like no this thing's done or just no yeah sometimes yeah sometimes it's like when you know we do the idea then we present it It'd be like, oh, the song is done. Like, there's no need for anyone else to be on here. Like, for me, like you, you mentioned Solarium, but for me, it would be the Eucharist. Oh, like yeah. I, when I heard that beat from Asari, I was like, I can't wait to rap on this song, right? But Woods heard it and he moved on it faster than me, and then we ended up in the studio and he recorded it, and I was like, the song is finished, man. Like, there's nothing for me to add on. Like, this is just like it's done, dog. Like, I can't. 
it's really hard to like top that you know what i mean like especially how he when he recorded it the song goes on longer if you notice like kind of fades out there are more lyrics but he was like yo like that's the end of the song like right there faded out from here you know what i mean there's no no to add on no need to add on so mm. yeah it's also something you know just kind of like an armor hammer thing that we've learned it's just like knowing like when we think the song is done yeah that's awesome that's yeah. an important thing and it's not and that's got to be different for every song right it's sure. got to be something you feel out for sure for sure yeah. <clears throat> what else you got Kay? what were you sorry to cut you off no no i, I was just gonna say so the like do you ever hear like a verse that woods did and then go back and like like is there in a interaction between your guys verses or is it more of like you hear something you both hear something sonically and you're both like recording your reactions to what you're hearing i think wait i'm sorry can you can you repeat that question okay like so for me when i heard haram like i was wondering like i don't think that i got it and i and i told this to dan like mm -hmm. Haram didn't really click for me until I saw you guys live. Mm -hmm. And I think what, it, what, what made it click for me is like watching you guys chemistry and watching you interact mm -hmm. because I felt like when I listened to it the first time, I didn't feel like there was, like, I, I think I mentioned it, like what I refer to as like a buddy cop. When I think of like, you know, rapping duos, I think of like, like a buddy cop film, you know, like, they oh, play finish it, maybe finishing other each other's lines. Yeah, Correct. and that's like got you. And I didn't hear that in Haram specifically when I heard it, uh, just through the album. But when I saw it right. on stage, like it clicked for me. Right. So right. my question was like, when you like, do you guys ever play off of each other? Like, do you ever interact, or is it more of, is Arm and Hammer more of like? You get you guys both get like a sonic or like a or a mute or a, a beat, and then you're both just recording your reaction to that beat. Yeah, I think it's more of like just getting the track and and it's our reaction. Mm. It's really like that, which is strange as a group. I don't know any right. other kind of rap group that makes music that way, but that's how we've we've sort of done it. But I've def mm -hmm. I definitely understand what you mean with the buddy cat the buddy cop like analogy. Um, We've tried. We've tried. I don't think anything has really made it to a record at this point. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's also interesting that it, it shows up in the live dynamic. I'm happy to know that it, show, it showed up in the yeah. live dynamic because, um, yeah, how we do it is a, is a pretty strange, like, isolating, like, kind of a process until we actually get in the studio and then, like, lay it out and talk about, like, what's what the song is you know what i mean like sometimes we even like just start writing a song and it's like there's no we might be writing about i'm about to give it away but don't talk about what the song is about sometimes right. you know what i'm right. saying but the fact that like sometimes we hit on these same points it's like mm. it's just kind of like our our thing you know what i mean we might not we not it might just be yeah it's, it's a wild kind of thing that that that's been happening with us since we started making music we don't have to talk about what we want to talk about because we end up just talking about it just in like maybe different ways but we touch on a core and it's kind of interesting exploring that that's what we've mm. been okay that's the best way to surprise your fan base by the way would be like 
the next lead single is like straight up four bars back and forth <laughs> boy totally. song about getting ice cream on the docks and hitting it gives it gives us a lot of room to play you know what i mean absolutely i think that yep but no it, with with haram i think we're talking about it because we had our haram episode was great uh i don't she went by jenny death who on twitter but she, now she goes by dower candy it's like a super fan of armand hammer um <laughs> Oh yeah, met her out in London. Yeah, she was yeah. all we got her as the guest to review her on with us, and she she had one of the great lines where Kate K was like, "I don't know what all this means." She's like, "I don't want to know what it means." I, I see. That's it. that's I see. That's you know, I um I really want people to be comfortable with that. I really <laughs> like this art. Is I you know we live in very fucking crazy times. <laughs> very literal last time. So I think it's important to allow room for absurdity and you know what I mean? Just yeah. be able to bask in like shit that might be a little disorienting, but pleasing. You know what I'm saying? Cause shit, there's a lot of disorienting shit out here that's fucking us up. But if you can find something that's right. actually pleasing, like I'm all about that. We don't have to enjoy, we don't have to understand everything that we enjoy. Like that's okay it's totally okay but i feel like you know we're kind of like in a cultural war where it's you're supposed to understand everything why are you laughing at that don't you don't understand it right i think that's really kind of like fucked up (laughs) you know what i mean it is cool it's totally cool to enjoy things that you don't understand like i didn't grow up with anime or anything but i think about that as like my kid sits down and like goes into like a youtube wormhole he's laughing at fucking japanese kid youtube videos it's cool. Hey, enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know what's happening. It's all right. You know? Yeah. No, it's cool. I mean, and my, so my haram lyricism theory was just that you two were in such different emotional places that haram has woods doing these incredibly gripping stories that are like, it is kind of true. Very vulnerable. Like he's getting closer and closer to you. Whereas you your yeah. lyrics are all about look, give me yeah. fucking space. Don't get in yeah. my fucking space. <laughs> Let no, me misdiagnose this relationship. I need my room. Like, right? That's what you're a stone fruit lyric. That's all a lot of it is about that, right? I mean, that shit was um, I think when I was doing haram, I had moved out of New York City. I was living in a place like five blocks from a beach. And I remember when we started, I think Shrines, because Shrines was, Haram was first, then we stopped Haram, then we started working on Shrines and picked it back up. But I remember Woods is like, all your shit is about nature now. Like, what's up with you? Like, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? Japanese in a kind of a way, you know what I mean? It's like real, but I was, you know, that's where I was at. But yeah, I think Stonefruit was specifically about like, you know, love and relationships and like, you know, maybe even, you know, like ideas of like polyamory and like poly love sort of a thing, you know, all these things are just kind of like experimenting with at that time. But um, yeah, I had a lot of free space, but yeah, you know, Woods could probably speak on for more for his like personal situation of like where he was at, but yeah, man. Yeah. The, the environment is absolutely, you know, it shows up in the music, you know, when you're, yeah. you're trying to be true to yourself, when you are being true to yourself, like that shit all kind of like seeps into the music. There's no doubt about it. 
do you ever go back and listen to your older projects? It's rare. Mm-hmm. It's rare. I think I saw something online um, recently and it made me go back and listen to, um, I think it was Sub Bass Diet and then Police and Thieves. And I remember, like, Thieves. I, I, remember, I, remember I, like, I turned it off. I was like, oh, God. I love Police and Thieves. There's some good things. There's some cool things about it, but also, like, you know, because I made it, I'm being like pretty critical of like what I'm hearing. It's like, I would switch that up. I would switch this up. But it's also cool to hear like certain, maybe like lyrical themes or way of presenting ideas that still exist today. So it's cool to see that I haven't like betrayed myself that way. You know, like when I made that however long ago, like I'm still on that path. Like I still, you know, I'm still in this book, you know, that's encouraging. That's encouraging. Some people cannot say that shit. Some people like completely different people maybe even the worst ways, you know, but I can look back on that shit and kind of be proud about like what I did. How, how would you say like going back and listening to your old stuff and listening to where you're at now, how would you say you've developed or evolved mm. Mm. in terms of your artistry? Hmm. I think, I think I may have been back in the day, probably more, rapidly rap lyric forward and i think now there's an element of style that's like arisen with like beat choices and how i choose to like wear the beat is different it's just different it's more of like a i feel like if it was like a video game right like back in the day like maybe like my um maybe like my speed and my power would be like the dominant on the bar level. You know what I'm saying? And everything else might've been kind of lacking. You know what I mean? Might've been like 60%, might've been 50%, maybe in 70%. But I feel like now, like if you looked at all like the five graphic bars of skill, I think it's way more well-rounded. Like everything is kind of up, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, I can't imagine. I, I was just thinking about like, a, sub, a back to the future situation where you like sneak into the bedroom of sleeping 070 lucid and play and just press play on ET diamond and then sneak out the window. <laughs> Straight su- like, su- the suggestion during the sleep. Just like, yeah. The, the, <laughs> the 070 lucid wakes up. Like, what is Here's this? What you be, know? Right. Here's um, what it could be kid. Right. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I think Don't Play It Straight is the best Halloween rap album of all time. What the fuck? Yeah. Really? I played it. Yeah. See, it's, it's wild, man. And people, it's wild, like, hearing, like, how people perceive things. You know, sometimes when people even say my shit is dark, I was like, what do you mean? Like, it's the most dominant. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't, I don't. The perfect Halloween <laughs> album. So I don't think good. so, but all right. So good. Uh, <laughs> to me, that it's just that. So it's connected to that season in my mind for some reason. Okay, okay. Um, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. No. I do, you know, playfully dark images are kind of like cool, but and yeah, the lasso does too. The lasso enjoys that world as well. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, both of you can do dark and light really well. And I told Bessie is such a great exploration of that because there's really great, like, like smile lines is, is a raging song. Jumanji is a raising raging song, and then we get the 
Gil Scott Heron horns behind yeah. Billy Woods. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome. It's just real, <laughs> yeah, different moods. Shout out Kenny Siegel for that chaos. That was fire. Yeah, who who are some of the producers uh, that worked on on this project? Because as, as as you guys said, the production is excellent on this. Yeah, it's mostly uh, Seb Bash and Child Actor made up the core. Mm-hmm. Um, August Fanon came through with Small Lines. Uh, Jumanji was handled by Kenny Siegel, and Alchemist did Nostrum. Oh, shit. I think that's it. I think that's it. Was it Earl? Did Earl do something? No, he didn't. No, okay. no I don't know. Something else. I'm, I'm looking at it. Maybe something on the white label. Yeah, he definitely, definitely did a, a white label drink. But no, it's yeah, it's it's really interesting to hear everybody. Like, I've, I've told uh, I've told this to Sharif a million times. When Gandhi Loves Children came out. Everybody pretended they had been a lifelong Roper Williams fan. They were like, oh, yes, obviously one of the best Roper Williams. And like, I think people are doing that with Seb Bash now. Right. You know, right. Yeah, I had I had no idea who Seb Bash was. And then Alchemist said he's kind of like the best. And I was like, <laughs> let me go see what this is about. You know, the connection was made. And then I'm like, yeah, these guys, the truth. Um, but yeah, I had like last night, right? Like Breeze Bruin was there at the show. He mm-hmm. did he did the record generally. I had no idea Seb Bash produced that. Seb Bash has been making records since like late 90s, early 2000s. You know what I mean? Like uh, he's probably done with some underground rap things that we all know and love, but didn't know that he did that, you know? Yo, shout out Seb Bash, man. Great dude. Yup. Who did Impasse? He did. Oh wow! Okay, Sebash did that completely. Okay. And yeah, once I heard that, like you, I played it ten times, and <laughs> it was a, that was that was like an alley oop. To be honest, I was like, you know, when I think about like the songwriting process of this, um, "Impasse" was one of those tracks because once those vocals came in, the like gospel vocals, like this may be the last time. Yeah. Like that's the song. That's the concept of the song. And I wrote that song pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, it was that was a straight up alley oop for real. Oh, some of the I just like and, and I do love poetry, right? I study modern poetry, and oh, what the exercise I did with researching this was pulling up like a word document and just typing my favorite things you said. Mm-hmm. Do it, and there's just. It's just marvelous. Buddy Chow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You feeling bad for me? I'm living what I see. I didn't ask to dream. Slumped in the back of the bus last to leave. (laughs) Oh, cool. I was just having fun. I thought I was just having a lot of fun, especially like a record like Bunny Chow. I thought the rhythm was really, really interesting. It was so interesting. And it was just like, you know, sometimes like rap can be about nothing and then it can be about everything. And, you know. I like being in the middle sometimes and Bunny Child kind of like felt like that. You can say some pointed things, but I was really, really playing with the rhythms in there that I was drawn to most. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it's a gray area. And I think you're right. It's just, yeah. uh, this is a very genius.com era where like everybody yeah, yeah. needs that, you know, it needs to connect to the video that breaks down the meaning of the thing. 
Yeah. So you can always know what it is. And yeah, it's like, not that's not my favorite way to like just as like a, a, a media consumer. It's not like my favorite thing to do, you know. Right. I like what I like and I don't really have to understand why I like something sometimes. But as someone that makes music also, like, yeah, man, like I just want to be free to like create something that just feels really good to me in the moment. And if I'm not like offending people like in these kind of gross ways that we see some artists do right Big artists even now in 2022 in this year like i as long, if i'm not doing that then just like you know it's cool like let it be what it is you know what i mean everything doesn't have to be you said it's genius.com i like that yeah everything doesn't have to be like that you know what i mean no. you no. can also you can achieve that sort of genius status having fun like why are we downplaying and what does fun look like for people? You know what I mean? Like you said, my, my music, some people say my music is dark or even depressing. And I'm like, weird. I had a really good time writing and recording that song. You know what I'm saying? Or oh, that song might have come out of like a cool experience for me. You know, yeah. everyone has their own perception of like what they receive. But yeah, I just yeah, want to you know, having fun out here, you know, making this shit. I wouldn't do this shit if it was actually depressing, you know? I can find that <laughs> <laughs> to be depressed in this world. <laughs> and I think, and I think that's the coolest thing about being an Armand Hammer fan is that the the albums are really coded with feelings, right? Yeah. Like they carry subtexts that aren't just like direct analytical subtext, but emotional subtext. Yeah, that gets lost. That gets underplayed. I think in rap, often you know, it's a vocal form, so that's to be expected at, at some point. But I think we're just kind of like in a, a weird kind of just as a human people, you know, as, you know, people just exposed to so much. Yeah, man, the, the emotional, the emotional intelligence factors is about to be raising all over the fucking planet. So, you know, the music <laughs> should be reflecting it as well. You know, I hope so. I hope so. I hope to contribute in some sort of a way, you know, the emotional resonance of like a lyric, you know, that's always been the coolest shit to me. You know, again, with this economy of language thing that we were talking about, you know what I mean? Just to say big shit in small ways, that requires like a particular emotional like resonance that I'm just trying to like figure out. It's really trying to figure out. Mm. I need to say something that just like, really just like stops people dead in their fucking tracks. That'll be really tight when I can achieve that. Yeah, I love it. Ooh, I, I think it's a good place to do it. I mean, we're, I was going to transition into recommendation corner, K. Recommend yeah. recommend some stuff for the people. Uh, if you don't have anything else, so. no, no. I mean, I've just I, I've enjoyed this interview, man. I've I've learned so so much, and I think it's really given me. I think it's give it's given me a context for the work. It did. It's not an explanation, but it's a context for how to appreciate the work. Fire. Uh, that you do and I, I think that's really i mean that's really important and really great so thank you thank y'all okay. thank y'all thanks Kitty. so i was gonna say the recommendation first recommendation is my planet asia medallions monarchy dropped today and okay i don't know if planet asia has been making music since before tom cruise accepted the interview <laughs> with a vampire movie like a long time <laughs> Right? <laughs> and the thing that I admire so much about Asia is that he's he's hundred percent up on the times. Like he's done a future wave album. He's got brain orchestra beats on there. 
this new one, he's got Chong Wizard uh, beats on there, a uh, beat on there. He, he just stays tuned in to what is going on. And this is just a real cool album. He does a song with Curious on it. It's awesome. I have to check this out. Clap your hands. Mm-hmm. Great. Nine songs. He's loose. He's fun. He's inventive. He says shit like, everybody's a beast, so I'm just walking my pets. Like <laughs> That's hard. That's hard. Um, the other one, we're hopefully me and Kay Diggy are going to a show uh, next, what, Thursday? And to mm-hmm. see combination of Miles Bullen, Pink Navel, and SB The More. Fire. So I am super excited about that because I can't get away from In Babylon by SB The More, which recently dropped. It, he calls himself the hyphy hippie, and he's not lying. He's not lying. <laughs> that's kind of accurate. That's, that's what he's calling himself now. That's kind of accurate. I see that. And he's got a song on there called Black Bruce Wayne. And I, on Twitter, I was like, I tagged him and said, Keek the Sneak and E-40, we need you for this Black Bruce Wayne remix. Let's do it. Um, I think that's a good deal. Uh, the other people, oh, shout out to you, Elucid. Elucid has a curated playlist on title, which is great. Um, and on it, there is a song, maybe it was Without Us by Melanie Charles. Oh, wow. Yeah, Melanie Charles. The Girl with the Green Shoes. It's a great that record. Album is unbelievable. Yeah, she's a real fucking talent out here. Real totally put me in down She does something new with More Mother. She's on More Mother's new record. I got it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Charles is an incredible musician. Yeah, an amazing voice. So self-produced. Those you hear that crazy ass beat? She she made that. She produces. Okay. Yeah, you she plays that. She plays the SP and she plays the flute and shit. Um, really, oh. You should look up her cover of "God Bless the Child" from last year. That shit's nuts. Um, yeah. So I'm a big fan. Also, Sun Little's coming back, like Neptune. I love Sun Little. That's going to be super fun. September 9th. Put in the back of your head. So. Um, Elusive, what are you listening to? And recommendations. Yo, um, so I don't know. I, I it's all over the goddamn place, man. Mm. Uh, I think I think what I've been listening to consistently in the past week, because it came up in conversation about like my love for Mars Volta. But Ooh. in the conversation, I realized like I hadn't listened to the Francis the Mute album in a long ass time. So I've been kind of running a Francis the Mute by Mars Volta this past week, probably most consistently out of things. Yeah, usually it's just like kind of like random, like playlist shuffle things within genre, you know? I respect it. Mars Volta moves at a totally different speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. As any other band, it's real different. That shit really gets me clicking, especially like on drives. That shit really gets me going. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, if, if you don't have any music recommendation, yeah. it's got to be a Sandra Bullock movie. What do you got? What the fuck? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Obviously, Speed. Speed? Or is this? I don't know another one. Well, what's the one where she was like, 
the the white savior mom to the football player. What was that one? Oh, blind blindside, blindside was <laughs> terrible, terrible fucking movie. <laughs> it's a good hate watch. Actually, That's a good hate watch. Totally hate. Totally, yeah, I agree. I agree. It was like an evil lady, <laughs> evil white lady in Crash too, wasn't she? Didn't she do the rich racist white lady thing? She was in Crash too. I, I think she was in Crash. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. I haven't seen that in a long time. Boy, do I hate that movie. I'm gonna go ahead and talk more about that. But um, it's uh, yeah, Crash is my JPEG Mafia. So, um, but yes, I thank you so much for being here. Um, I can't, I can't tell you how cool it is that admiring your work, admiring your come up, that we went to the show. You were so dialed in and ready to talk to people and and hang out and and just be positive with whoever was positive so yeah man thanks y'all thanks daniel thanks k good talking i'm about to go get these tacos (laughs) yeah y'all have a good night man as well man talk to you later